Greetings, greetings, greetings. You are now tuned in to No Pork and All Pearls, a podcast for manifestation, for self-actualization, and the podcast that basically gives you the tools that you can live your life by design and not by default. I'm going to first take this moment to give honor to the originators, the ancestors, because of, if it was not for them, there would be no me. I want to take time to thank all of the light workers, the ones who give the ultimate sacrifice, give themselves in order that many of, of us can live a better life and that we can evolve. And I also want to just take time to thank all of you who listen and who continue to pass the word about the podcast. I really appreciate you and I do this for you. And I just want to just give thanks for the moment. Didn't do a podcast last week, you know, um, with this current state that we're in now you know everything is subject to change now you know everything is a day by day occurrence things are constantly changing rapidly and a lot of things are happening so trying to be on a schedule is a bit difficult now because things are always subject to change because we are in the process in a period of change however i'm so glad that i did take off last week because this week coming with the fire you know i feel like this show is going to be very powerful tonight tonight the topic is ascension 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 is what we're talking about tonight. And what brings forth the topic of ascension? Well, the whole concept is basically based on what's taking place right now. We're in the period of ascension right now. And many of us, we are... we were aware that this was happening. Many of us was proclaiming that this was going to happen and this is what we wanted. We want to ascend to a higher plane, to a higher echelon and to a higher level of consciousness. You know, many people have proclaimed that and many people were professing that it was coming and many people was awaiting it. Well, we're actually going through that now. And many of us did not know what that looked like when we were saying these things and when we were asking for these things and when we were manifesting these things. However, whether we know it or not, this is the actual presentation of our manifestation. We are actually going through an ascension right now. And 
This is part of the process. If you really go out and make observations of what's happening right now, you are actually seeing difference in opinions and lifestyles and people. You're seeing a separation that's occurring and it's a natural selection and a, a natural order of what's happening because you can't fake who you truly are. <laughs> you can't fake who you truly are. You can try to suppress who you truly are. You can try to hide who you truly are. You can try to pretend to be something that you're not. But when you're put through the grinder and when the temperature is turned up, who you truly are will come out and it will be exposed whether you want it to or not. And the beautiful thing about the universe and the beautiful thing about nature is nature knows exactly what buttons to push and when to push them and how to push them to bring it out, to bring your true essence out. And when we're talking about true essence, we're, we're talking about the inter-most intimate levels of an individual. The internal man or internal being. And when we're talking about the internal being, these things are exposed through your actions when you're placed under pressure. And your actions have to be interpreted by an individual's intentions. You have to get to what was the intentions behind the individual's actions. Sometimes individuals can act out of ignorance and they can do certain things because they didn't know any other way or they didn't know better or a better way. So they would do certain things. However, when you get to the intentions of an individual and you find out why they are doing what they're doing, that's when you be able to really gauge who an individual truly is. Now, I actually thought tonight's podcast, which last podcast was going to be entitled The Clean Glass. We was going to do a podcast about the clean glass. However, it didn't go down last week and this week. We're talking about ascension because that's what's in my spirit to do tonight. However, I'm still probably going to revisit the concept of the clean glass. But, you know, just for the sakes of me talking about a little bit of the clean glass concept, the clean glass concept is basically presenting purity or pure substance to an individual and allowing the individual to choose for themselves. You know, if you've been getting polluted 
foods or polluted water or you've been getting things that's impure, meaning you've had additives added to it and uh, just different things was in the mix of the glass. And then when you're presented the pure glass or the clean glass, whomever the individual is who's seeking the substance, they can choose for themselves. Do you want the pureness from the clean glass or do you want to continue to drink the diluted, the diluted glass that you've been drinking from? And many people choose the diluted glass because, you know, that's what they are accustomed to. That's what they want. And it's their choice. But if you don't present a clean glass or a pure glass and allow an individual to choose for themselves, you will never know what an individual is truly after. You know, if you want purity, if you want truth, if you want something that's unmovable, that's unwavable, that's consistent with the beginning of the time, then that's what you're going to gravitate after. Because those are the things that don't change. Those are the truths. Those are the things that you can build off of. And those are the things that you can utilize for yourself so that you can be sustained. Now, however, if you want the thing that's been diluted, and if you want the thing that things have been added to, and the things that basically are going to cause additional things to occur, then, I mean, that's your choice as well, too. You know, you can have that, too. Why? Because that's what you want. But until you're presented with both options, you can't truly have an individual's true intent. Or you don't understand an individual's true intent. Until you can present both things to them and allow them to choose for themselves, you can't judge an individual based off of the actions because you're not really sure of their intent. But once an individual has been given an opportunity for themselves to make a choice, then you can actually gauge an individual's true intent. But we're going to take a break and we're going to kick off tonight's episode, Ascension, on no pork and all pearls. So bear with me and I shall return. And we're back to tonight's episode, Ascension. And we need to really start understanding the concept of Ascension and really need to really grasp what that is really dealing with. And Ascension is basically raising your levels or going above Above the equator, if you look at it astrologically, is going above the equator. And what's going above the equator? The sun is going above the equator. 
So the sun is the light. So when the light climbs above the equator, that's considered as ascension. So we're talking about raising consciousness because the light and the sun represents consciousness. And when we're talking about raising consciousness, there are several things in which we need to raise our consciousness in. And the first thing that I want to talk about tonight in which we need to raise our consciousness in or that we need to ascend in is our knowledge. We have to raise our consciousness and our knowledge. Now, <laughs> okay. Many people say that education is the key to our ascension. Well, I'm going to say that education is not the key to our ascension. Now, I hope many of you are looking sideways at this point when I say that because now maybe I have your attention because you want to see where I'm going to go with this. Well, in the last segment, in the introduction, I was talking about how if you're not presented with a pure glass or a clean glass, then you really don't know what the alternatives are. If you've only been given something that's been diluted, that's all you know, you know. And we've been given education. We've been given education. Education was given to us. Now, is education bad? I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying that there's something completely different from education if we want to ascend, if we want to take it to another level, if we want ascension, we have to go and we have to receive something differently. Now, I'm not going to talk a lot about what education is, but I'll just say it like this. The education system is basically not failing. It's accomplishing exactly what it was designed to do. The education system is not failing. It is accomplishing exactly what it was designed to do. And what's that? The education system was designed as a system to train or to domesticate individuals. Almost like training a dog or something. And I hate to say it like that. You know, that's kind of harsh. But, you know, uh, I remember when I was in the Marines. And when I was in the Marines... One of the things that some of the commanders would say is that any well-trained monkey 
can do the jobs that y'all do. <laughs> Any well-trained monkey can do the jobs that y'all do. Now, of course, emotionalism would say, oh, that's offensive. Oh, wow, that was a racist comment. Um, uh, you know, just instantly attacking the statement without analyzing the statement and really not truly understanding exactly what the statement was saying. And in many of the jobs, many of them won't say it. They won't come out and say it, but they have the same attitude for their employees. Many of the supervisors or the managers or whomever, they really don't value their employees. And they figure that these individuals are replaceable. If someone can just come in and just train them properly, then pretty much anyone can do the job. They just need the proper training. Now, that's almost the way that the education system is. Now, okay, before individuals beat me up and start, you know, really vehemently disagreeing with what I'm saying, just look at the situation with this so-called quarantine and how the students were not able to physically go to school any longer and a lot of those schools were canceled and they had to do online classes and you know some of that some did some didn't a lot of them missed a lot of time but the majority of these children will be passed to the next grade many of the children will be getting their diplomas and they will be graduating going to the next level and they're going to be advancing even though they didn't attend school anymore they're going to advance based off of them maybe completing some assignments or whatever whatever it was that was the requirements for them to be ascended to the next grade level it's going to happen because basically the education is just a training system. It's not really a system that's really encouraging individuals to learn, not to learn. Memorize? Yes. Learn? No. So what's the alternative to education then if education is not the key? The alternative is called erudition, erudition. Now, what is erudition? What what does that mean? You know, what what does that? Erudition, if you go and you look it up, you can get it from. the Latin, which is a derivative of erudite, and basically 
erudition is having or showing knowledge that is gained by studying and or displaying Let's um, look a little bit deeper into this concept, erudition. Because on the one hand, you have education where you are so-called learning or you're trained to memorize certain things. But then on the other hand, with erudition, it comes from an individual taking time to study and to also demonstrate If you go to the word educare, which is the Latin word that means to bring out or to pull out, hence an educated person has to basically learn something or train to do something, but an individual that's erudite or an individual who has gained erudition, they have come to think critically and logically, but they also have both deep and broad familiarity with general subjects and is usually knowledgeable in a particular subject by virtue of study and extensive reading of the subject's literature and they know they know it thoroughly thus an erudite or an individual who is an erudite they have specific knowledge and broad knowledge in the form of social and historical context and they may also know many things concerning the laws of other cultures as well as their own culture. And many of the people here don't even know their own culture. Whereas when you are erudite, you not only learn your culture, but you learn the culture of others. Because true knowledge translates globally. It's something that goes on globally all around the entire world and when I'm saying world I'm talking about the system remember world is a system the earth or the landmass is the actual terrain so an erudite individual normally have knowledge and insights that spans through many different fields. That's why there are many different subjects in the school system. There are many subjects to be learned. 
but when you're an erudite, you become an individual who studies all of these subjects and you apply all of these subjects to your own knowing and you become familiar with them until you start gaining a level of mastery over them. Another term for erudite, when you're talking about the Latin word, is eruditus, which means enlightened or cultivated. Enlightenment comes from understanding and not just from learning. So, whereas education, you become learned in subject matters or you learn certain things, when you're dealing with erudition or when you're erudite, you not only learn these things, but you get a, a, a superior level of understanding and also enlightenment. So when we're talking about enlightenment, we're talking about consciousness and we're talking about raising consciousness. So is education the key? No, irritation is the key. Irritation is the key because when you're dealing with knowledge, we must ascend our knowledge to a new level. So in these times when we've been allowing others to control our learning and we've been relying on others to teach our children, we must take that responsibility back and we must be the ones to pour into our children and help to draw out the intelligence that's deep within them because they are all capable of superior levels of knowledge. And this is what we must do. We must tap into our people, first ourselves, then our families, then our communities. We, we must tap into our people and we must give them irritation. We must give them irritation. Why irritation? Because when you do that, you allow them to become scholars or you give them the power to take control of their own destiny. These are the things that I bring forth in this platform, things that will help you to raise your level of knowledge. Just if some of some of the subject matter and some of the topics that I deal with, if you would just take time to just study and research those things, it will help to ascend your knowledge in so many different areas. So we must first make an ascension from education to irradiation. That's the first level of ascension that we need to make. So after I come back from this brief break, we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into tonight's episode, Ascension on No Pork and All Pearls. And we're back to No, Pearl, no Pork and All Pearls. And we're talking about ascension tonight. In the last segment, we talked about from education to erudition. Because we have to ascend in our knowledge. We must ascend in our knowledge. But not only do we have to ascend in our knowledge, but we also must ascend in our spirituality. We must also ascend in our spirituality now 
Just like many of us, we only received a diluted glass when it comes to our knowledge by the education system, which is a system that's designed to train or to domesticate individuals to make good employees, pretty much. Erudition is what allows an individual to become free and to become the master of their own destiny. Now, when we're dealing with spirituality, many people have said so many negative things about religion, and they've said so many negative things about different religions. And I'm just going to say on the record that I don't have an issue or a problem with any religion, none of them. I don't have a problem with no religions. I'm not against religion at all. In fact, I'm an advocate for religion. You just need to understand all of the religions. You need to understand all of the religions. Have a level of understanding for all of them. You don't have to follow any religion. You don't have to follow any religion. Let, let that be clear, you know. It, the choice is yours. However, if you choose a religion to follow, also take time to have a level of understanding or some level of knowledge of all the different religions. You know, don't close yourself out from an understanding of the other religions because if we are all truly one, as I always say, and if we are all world citizens and we all have to cohabitate on this planet together, there has to be a level of inclusiveness for everyone. We must be willing to accept everyone for whom they are. We cannot continue to allow certain beliefs to alienate us from our brothers and our sisters. We cannot allow that to happen. We can't allow our beliefs to ostracize others who have different beliefs from us because this is causing a division. It's causing division. And we can have we can still have unity in the midst of diversity. In fact, unity in the midst of diversity is beautiful. <laughs> An example of that is a color spectrum. Some people call it a rainbow. <laughs> you know, when you see a rainbow, you have unity in the midst of diversity. There are so many different aspects to the color spectrum. And they're not all the same expressions. And it's all light. It's different levels of light. So why can't we look at individuals' religions as different levels of light? Now, okay, so many of us think that we've been given religion. But we don't even know what religion is. Many of us don't even know what religion is. Now, 
I talked about this before in the past. I talked about dogma. I talked about dogma in the past. Let's go to our dictionary to help us to get a working definition of what dogma is. Dogma is a doctrine or a body of doctrines concerning faith or morals formerly stated and authoritatively proclaimed by a church. It is also something held as an established opinion. A point of view or a tenet put forth as authoritative without adequate grounds. These are working definitions for dogma, doctrines, beliefs. That's dogma. So when we have all these different denominations of churches, we have all these different sects, and we have different types of organized religions. When we have all these different things and the thing that separates them is their doctrine and the way that they believe. Let me give a working example. One group believes that in order for you to be saved, you must be baptized in the name of Jesus. And then another group says that in order for you to be saved, you must be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then another group says that in order for you to be saved, you must receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and accept the fact that he died on the cross for your sins. Okay, so those are three differences of opinions or beliefs or doctrines. And depending on which one of those believe is the sect or the group that you will be placed with. And that will be your denomination. By definition, that's dogma. That's dogma. But you have many people that call that religion. And when they call that religion, they get upset with religion, even though that that's not religion, that's dogma. But they're mad at religion and they say that religion is bad. And religion is the reason why our people are the way that they are. And religion was a tool that's used to enslave the people. And religion is what has been the downfall of our people, our humanity, period, right? These are things people say. This is what is the cause of why things are so chaotic and religion is the reason for wars and all this religion, religion. Okay, so 
we see that that's dogma. Those things are dogma. Those strong beliefs and those systems like that, those are dogma. But it's been given under the guise of religion because most people don't know what religion is. So what is religion? Since I'm saying most people don't know what religion is, what is religion? So if you go to a dictionary and you look up the term religion, which comes from the Latin word religio, it means reverence, and it also means to tie back. Reverence, and it also means to tie back. So the question is, if it means to tie back, first and, first and foremost, what are you being tied back to? And you're being tied back to nature. Or you're reverencing nature. That's what religion is all about. Religion is designed to tie you back to nature. And you tie yourself back to nature by reverencing, reverencing nature. How do you reverence nature? You reverence nature by obeying nature's laws. I continue to say the same thing every, <laughs> every show, I think. Pretty much every podcast I'm going to be talking about obeying the laws of nature and being in alignment with the laws of nature. You know, my odds or, you know, however we want to talk about it. It's just being in alignment with nature. It's just, it comes, always comes back to that. That's why religion is about to tie back. It means to tie back. So if your religion is not tying you back to nature or the creator, the creatrix, whomever you acknowledge as the supreme divine providence that's here in this existence, if whatever your religion is is not tying you back to that, then you may be a victim of dogma. You may have been a victim of dogma under the guise of religion. You may not have experienced religion. You may have been experiencing dogma. So in every true religion that I have learned, and I say true religion because there are religions, well, there are sects that teach dogma under the guise of religion, so that would be considered as fake religion. I mean, to be clear, it's either religion or it's not. So most of the time, if it's not religion, it's dogma. But to be clear on this podcast so people can understand what I'm saying, if I say fake religion, I'm talking about dogma. If I say true religion, I'm basically just talking about religion. But I have to make a distinguish between the two because tying yourself back to nature is never wrong. Tying yourself back to nature is never going to lead you astray. It's only going to lead you back to who you truly are and your connection with who nat what nature truly is. And when you realize that you are an aspect of nature and you are one with nature, there is no separation between the two. So that means there's no separation between you and God. So whomever God is to you, there is no separation. But you don't know that unless you are back or to tie back to nature or to tie back to God. That's how you understand. So 
when you understand that this is the case with religion, you can understand that there are many different paths to tie you back to God. And the many paths are through the different religions that are established. They are already established here for different people who see things in different lights, who express it in different ways. And it's okay. It's okay because we all learn differently. We all think differently. We all process information differently. We all interpret things differently. So whatever is in alignment with the way in which you interpret things, that's the path that you should be basically following. But the path should always lead you back to nature, to tie back. Religion means to tie back. To tie back to. That's why I say I am not against any religion. In all true religions, I respect them. Now, the, the ones that helps me to get there, the ones that I choose to practice, those are my choices. But it ties me back to nature, and that's why I can respect anyone who has a direct path back to nature, and they're connected with nature, and they reverence nature. So, I'm going to take another break, and I'm going to continue with tonight's episode, Ascension on No Pork and All Pearls. And we're back to No Pork and All Pearls, and... Tonight, we are going in with the topic of ascension, and we talked about having an ascension in our knowledge, and you do that from going from education to irradiation. Then, we talked about we have to have an ascension in our spirituality and basically you do that by going from dogma to religion so then the last thing that I want to talk about that we need to have an ascension is is in our civics we must have an ascension in our civics now, you would say civics, like, what does civics have to do with anything? Like, how did that tie to living my best life and manifesting? And how does civics have any anything to do with me bettering myself? Civics, like, really? Yes, civics, because you must understand that there are different levels of civics, and there, there is basically two types of citizens here where we're living at in America and specifically North America, specifically North America. Not sure about uh, the continent that you may be on, 
or the landmass that you may find yourself on. But for the most part, over in the Americas, which consists of North, South, Central, and all the adjoining islands that makes up America, there's two types of citizens. There's a first-class citizen, and there's a second-class citizen. If you don't believe me, look it up. Google it. It's Googleable. First-class citizen, second-class citizen. Those are the two types. But for tonight's conversation, we're going to talk about, first and foremost, a citizen. What is a citizen? So let's go to our trusty dictionary and let's look up the term citizen. Let's look up the term citizen. And I'm loving it tonight because I get to turn in my dictionary. I love turning the pages in the dictionary. It's just something about turning pages in religious books and, and dictionaries and reference books that just really does something to me. It just, I don't know. Maybe the energy or whatever that you create and by like the friction from turning those pages, I don't know, it just really hypes me up. Okay, so a citizen. A citizen. Okay. One of the definitions of citizen is an inhabitant of a city or town. And it says especially one entitled to the rights and privileges rights and privileges privileges of a free man. Right. Another one is a member of a state. Right. A member of a state. Notice the word it's member of a state. And then we have another one is a native or naturalized person who owes allegiance to a government. Who owes allegiance to a government. Those are. Meanings of the term citizen. Oh another one is a subject. Don't want to leave that one out. A subject. And it says subject implies allegiance to a personal sovereign. Allegiance to a personal sovereign. That's a subject. Those are citizens. Now, <laughs> um, one of the definitions that says an individual that's entitled to the rights and privileges of a free man, you must understand what rights and privileges are. Rights and privileges, rights and privileges together, rights and privileges, rights and privileges. Privilege is something that someone gives to someone. Like I'll give my child 
the privilege to watch television until 11 p.m. After 11 p.m., she has to shut it down because her privilege has expired and she cannot view television beyond 11 p.m. Now, if she violates that privilege that I've given her, then I have the right to come back and revoke the privilege that she was given by saying that she can no longer watch television at all, period. She couldn't respect the rules and the guidelines that I established. So because of that, those privileges are taken away from her. So she can no longer watch television, um, period. Because she broke curfew or she broke the extended period of time that I had allotted her to view the television, which was to 11 p.m., and because of that, now she's no longer entitled to watch television until I deem that it's necessary that she's able to watch television. So that's a privilege. And it says rights and privileges. So a free man have rights. A free man has rights. A free man has human rights, which are rights that are basically given from God. And I want to say that uh, it's established in the Declaration of Independence that man has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those are rights that are given by God. The right to life and life more abundantly, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Like all these things are given by God. No man <laughs> gives anyone those rights. Those rights are passed down from the Creator. Now, those are rights that any free individual would have. But when you're talking about a citizen, a citizen receives what you call civil rights. They receive civil rights. Now, civil rights are rights that are granted as privileges from someone who's proclaiming to be a sovereign over other individuals, such as a state or a government. Hence the term subject. Subject implies allegiance to a personal sovereign okay so because your sovereign says okay we're going to grant you these rights these civil rights now if you violate the policies that are laid out by whoever is the sovereign then they can come and they can take away your civil rights why can't they take away your civil rights? Because they are granted privilege. So that which is given can be taken away. So those are the things that happen to a citizen. Now, that's a second class citizenship, being a citizen. And mo many of us, 
we call it uh, being a U.S. citizen. That's right, a U.S. citizen. These are things that happen when you are labeled as a U.S. citizen. Now, you would say, well, what's the pure glass or what's the clean glass is every other situation you went from one thing to something else. In this situation, you must move from citizenship to becoming a national. What is a national? What is a national? Because you're saying that a citizen is a second class citizen and it's a subject. And that's not what I said. Basically, that's what the dictionary defined it as. A national means of or relating to a nation. Of or relating to a nation. One that owes allegiance to or is under the protection of a nation without regard to the more formal status of citizen or subject. Oh my God. I'm going to say that again. One that owes allegiance to or is under the protection of a nation without regard to the more formal status of citizen or subject. Now, when you become a national or when you acknowledge the fact that you are national, that means that you have an oath or allegiance to a nation, not to a sovereign or a government, to a nation. A nation. Let me ask a question. Who is your oath of allegiance to? Like they say, what set you claim? Who you repping? Who you with? <laughs> Who you with? Well, I think that was Bernie Mac. Used to say that. Who you with? Yeah. So I'm asking y'all tonight. Who you with? You know, what is your nation? Who do you owe your allegiance to? Because that's what makes you a national. And nationals are considered as first class citizens. First class citizens have rights that are endowed by and from the creator. Because every man is created equal. And they have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And when I say man, I mean not the male, I'm talking about any human, any human who is in tune with nature, who is in tune with their creator, who is in tune with themselves. And every one of us on this planet, we have a pedigree, meaning that there is a nation that we derive from. We came forth from a nation. I can't tell you the nation you came from, but you may want to understand the nation that you're part of and that you owe your oath of allegiance to and make that oath of allegiance to your nation if you haven't 
and stick to your oath of allegiance to that nation and respect all of the other nations of the world and become what you're supposed to be, which is a national. If you're responsible, if you are in tune with yourself, if you're in tune with nature, if you're one with the creator. But if you're a subject and if you are property of a government or, you know, you are basically going to them, to their systems for everything, you're looking for them to provide your remedies and your solutions and you basically want them to give you a cure or a vaccine to what's going on. If that's what's happening in your mind and that's what is in your heart, then by all means continue to do what you do. But for those people who are considered as free nationals, who are a part of nations and nations all throughout this world, we put our trust and our hope in God. That's right. The creator. The creator is the one who provides the remedy. And the creator has given us a right that we can have life and life more abundantly, that we can have liberty, and that we can have a pursuit of happiness. And God has given us the option of the type of treatment that we want to have. You can't force vaccinate an individual who has rights from God. If, if God has given an individual the right to choose, you can choose if you're going to be vaccinated or if you're not going to be vaccinated. It's your choice. It's your choice if you're going to wear a mask or if you're not going to wear a mask. There's information out, information that says you need to have a mask on when you go out in public to protect others. Note the word is to protect others as if you were the one that's contaminated because it's not going to prevent you from getting anything. It's going to actually kind of like help prevent the spread of it to others. So you can wear a mask for that or you may choose not to wear a mask because many individuals says uh, and it's scientific evidence that's proven it that when you wear a mask you actually causing yourself to be more susceptible susceptible of getting sicker because you're inhaling carbon and the carbon is throwing off your pH levels within your body because you're not intended to be inhaling carbon. You're, you're intended to expel carbon, but not inhale it. Why do you think that you're not supposed to crank up a vehicle inside of a closed garage? You know, you're not supposed to inhale those fumes. And it's like what, carbon monoxide that comes from a car? if I'm not mistaken, that the muffler puts out and that's the chemicals that you inhale if you turn on a vehicle and you keep it in an enclosed garage. They tell you not to do that because it can cause you to be sick, right? So this is not something I'm making up. You know, I don't want people to be like, oh, I'm just winging it. I'm just making stuff up. I'm trying to make it real and make it logical, you know, but... When you are a national, when you are 
an individual that's considered as a first-class citizen, and you have a allegiance to a nation, these are options and choices that you have, and no one can stop you from making these choices because these choices come from God, who gives you the ability to make these choices, whereas they're not a granted privilege from a government or from a state or from whomever that's mandating and telling you that this is what you have to do. Because if you are a member of these states and these um, governments or whomever that's telling you to do these things, then by all means, they have the right to tell you what you can and can't do because you are one of their members. But if you're not, I mean, you can't get mad at the governments and the people for dictating what they're going to do to that people if these people are consenting to what they're telling them to do. They're consenting to do this of their own free will because this is basically what they want to do, especially if you're someone who has been given who have been giving the information to these individuals and sharing the information with these individuals and letting them know that, hey, you have a choice in the matter. You know, you can choose. You don't have to just go and follow blindly and just do what these people are telling you to do when you see that it's causing harm to yourself and it's causing harm to a lot of the other people who are trying to follow these made-up guidelines that these people who are <laughs> in positions of authority don't even know what they're talking about. They don't know how this stuff is being spreaded. They don't know how to prevent it from happening. They don't know how to cure one who may have contracted it. They tell you all these things they don't know. So if you blindly follow these people and you listening to their instructions of what you need to be doing, then it's on you. But I'm just here to let you know that <laughs> And these times, we must ascend our civic status from, if that's you, if this applies to you, if you're a citizen, you may want to ascend to becoming a national and being a part of a nation and get the protection of a nation because that's what you need right now. You need the protection of your nation because there are many people that's not making it these days and that's not doing well because they're following the mandates of these so-called governments and states or whatever that's telling people to do these things and they're living in fear and they're scared because a lot of stuff that they're being instructed to do doesn't make any sense it's not logical whatsoever but you're being forced and mandated to do these things and because you're doing these things these things are causing harm to you and to your families but that's all I got for tonight. But I really appreciate you guys, and I really thank you for your attention. And I'll be right back with this week's Ancestral Archive on No Pork and All Pearl. Thank you for tuning in to No Pork and All Pearls. And this week, with our Ancestral Archives, as I promised in the last episode that I did, we're going to have two because I wasn't able to do it in the last episode. So this week our ancestral archives consist of 
uh, ancestor by the name of Alonzo F. Herndon. He was born in the Clayfields of Walton County, Georgia in 1858. He was the richest melanated man in Atlanta by 1906, amassing a fortune that had far surpassed his father. Herndon had only one year of formal education, but learned barbering in Jonesboro, Georgia, where in 1878, he opened his first barbershop. He moved to Atlanta in 1882, working his way to the top of the city's barbering trade and soon became a, propri a proprietor of three barbershops, including the Crystal Palace on Peachtree Street, considered the most elegant in the country. He invested his barbering income in real estate, becoming by the early 1900s the largest property owner in Atlanta for melanated people. He was a major contributor to Atlanta black colleges, and he was one of the founding members of W.E.B. Du Bois's Niagara movement, whose followers demanded the immediate end of racial inequality. In 1905, Herndon acquired for $140 what would become the Atlanta Life Insurance Company. Today, it's the largest so-called black-owned stockholder insurance company in America. And also, I want to share with you John... Rustworm. John Rustworm. In 1799, John Rustworm was born. He was an African American abolitionist and a Liberian government official. From Jamaica, John Brown Rustworm was the son of an unknown mother and a merchant. At the age of eight, John Brown was the name that he was known by, was sent to Quebec for formal schooling. In 1812, his father married Susan Blanchard, who insisted John acknowledge his parentage name. He then brought John to Portland, Maine, where he attended Heron Academy and Bowden College, where he was one of the first African-American university graduates in 1826. One year later, Rustworm arrived in New York, where he founded the first black newspaper in America. It was entitled the Freedom's Journal. The basic theme for the newspaper was to vocalize demands to end slavery and to gain equal rights for the blacks in the North. In 1829, 
and despair over the lack of hope for African Americans in America, he shocked the black community by resigning from the paper to take a post in Liberia. This position was a forerunner to Pan-Africanism. After arriving in Monrovia, Rustworm quickly gained a professional foothold learning several African languages from 1830 to 1835. He edited the Liberia Herald, resigning in protest over American colonization policies as the first black governor of the Maryland section of Liberia. He established positive relations with neighboring nations, encouraged arrival of African Americans, and worked diplomatically with the whites or the sovereigns of the land. His administration supported and enhanced agriculture and trade. John Rushworm died in 1851, and a monument was erected to his memory. So, go out of your way to do your own research on John Rustworm and on Alonzo F. Herndon, two of our ancestral archives. Well, I really appreciate you tuning in, and I appreciate all of your support, and Tune in to next week's episode next Friday at 7 p.m. And as I always do, I leave you with love, peace, and shalom.